Well, hello, Lighthouse. It is good to be with you. Happy Friday. Hope you have a good weekend. Uh, hope to see you at church. Um, lots of stuff happening. Choir stuff? Yep. Uh, choir stuff is coming together. Getting Are a few. people letting you know that they want to sing in a choir? few of them are. Um, I would, could use more. Could use more. All right. Come could on. Use more. Do you have to have a great voice to sing in a choir? No. No. If no. you have a... If you if you want to sing, there's probably a spot for you. Yeah, yeah. If you don't want to sing and you've self selected yourself out, we understand. <laughs> <laughs> this whole joyful noise thing is good for in the pews. <laughs> yes, but on the stage. Uh, yes, which is why I will not be joining the choir, but I will mm. be cheering for the choir. <laughs> um, yeah, lots of good stuff happening around here. It's it's. In the middle of Samuel, uh, this is coming out this Friday. Yeah. So, I mean, the story just keeps getting weirder and crazier. weirder. Crazier Seriously. is the right word. I was yeah. reading ahead and I was like, this, I don't think I remember this section. You know, God is going to go on a military, a victorious military campaign and there's going to be no people involved. Yeah. <laughs> it's just all by himself. God's just going to be, you know, who's God over here? Me. You know who's God over there? <laughs> Me. Um, and guess what? I'm God way over there, too. Even way over there. <laughs> wherever you, wherever I go there, there I'm God. And it is um, challenging stuff and stuff you have to, you know, I mean, I know I'm I'm lighthearted as I'm talking about it, but it's it's heavy-hearted stuff. There's mm -hmm. a, a, lot of, a lot of death and a lot of uh, rebellion, and, and it's stuff that we really receive with, open humble hands and and we're reminded that god is the one we submit to not uh doesn't need our permission for stuff and that's mm. hard i would really yeah. like it if god needed my permission for things. <laughs> so that's uh that's going on and uh what else is going on well there's always in groups in those groups still going on women's i think the women's dinner tickets go on sale yeah, those are coming on sale soon. That's November second, correct? Yes, but I think I think even this week, uh, tickets are on sale for that. And there's like speaker from Mount Hermon mm -hmm. and excellent dinner. And I mean, it's gonna it's be gonna be a good time. It is gonna be a good time. So tell your friend it's free and buy them a ticket and yeah. <laughs> uh, and bring them. Um, so yeah, all good stuff happening. It's a good place to be. Lighthouse, we'll see you. We'll see you here soon. On the podcast today is Taran Carr. And Taran and I have been friends for a long time. Taran's son, Jeremy, was the bass player in the youth band mm. uh, back like 16 years ago. I know that because on the podcast we mentioned that that started right when my 16-year-old was born. Mm. Um, and just awesome bass player who has turned into an awesome pastor is now actually a chaplain in the Navy and just every once in a while students turn into friends and, and it's fun when students turn into friends. Uh, and then it's, there's this other level when students turn into colleagues, yeah. you know, and that's, that's a really <laughs> that's fun cool. thing. Yeah. Um, and so I was real close to, to both Jeremy and, and Hillary, her, Taran's kids and, um, and Taran's just one of those faithful people for a long time. And I think in, most impactfully, I hope you guys listen to the part about her talking about grief. She mm -hmm. lost her husband, mm -hmm. Les, who was an awesome dude, um, and and lost him, I think, three years ago. Is that, uh, yeah, does that two feel and right? Three years. Two and a half, three. And so just a, the strength that comes from faith. Mm-hmm. But the honesty, like not a strength that it's like, I have Jesus, so everything's okay. But to really the ability to grieve in a in a way where you can tell this person's a believer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was really taken with, I think I said this in the podcast, but with joy and grief kind of coexisting in yeah. a human. I feel like we don't make yeah. room for that very much. We kind of think I'm sad or I'm happy or whatever, but a lot of times... There's a, there's joy and there is grief and it they're coming in waves and they both exist. So she's very articulate about that. Also, I hope you stick around long enough in the podcast that you get all of her discussion on grief share because this is a yeah. an organization that she is a part of. Um, they meet at Shoreline. It's a support group. I hope that's not a pejorative way to say it. I think that's correct to say it's, it's a support okay. yeah. group for um, for people who have 
lost somebody, if you lost somebody years ago, if you lost them recently, whatever it is, mm -hmm. and there's just wounds there that you could use help figuring out. Um, she has been through it as a participant and now is helping lead a group uh, over there at Shoreline and, and just couldn't be not just proud of her and cheering for her, but, um, you know, again, that's really the, the normative way things go. And in the life of a Christian is that God walks you through stuff and then you help people walk through that with mm -hmm. God as well. So, um, so really excited for you to get to know Turan. I uh, love her a lot and I'm sure you will too. Um, and I think we're ready to go. I believe so. Pat. Yeah. Roll the music. Well, be. So, Turan, yes. uh, it's good to have you. Thank you. It's yeah. good to be here. You and I have been friends a long time. Yeah, a long time. I was trying to I was trying to think when actually we met. So, Peninsula Bible Fellowship yes. it was a little church plant that you were a part of. Right. And I was the youth pastor and music guy over at Sanctuary Bible Church, right. and mm -hmm. we combined churches. Yes. What year was that? Do you remember? Well, Zach was just a baby. That is right. My 16-year-old... Like was born like like the week after. It's so it's so three, I think. Wasn't that it? That is right. Yeah. Wow, that's a good memory. Well, uh, Lauren and I made him a quilt. You did. We still have that quilt. That is right. Yeah, that's right. You know what? That's funny because I remember that being like the second ever youth group with all the kids together, like oh. the PBF kids and the and the sanctuary kids all kind of doing a bunch of getting to know you. Hey, we're not two separate things. We're one and all that. And it did work that way. It did. It was great. But I remember like even showing a little video of of like Zach's first day. And I remember yeah. like all the kids cheering and feeling like. This is going to work. Yeah, that's that's funny. I hadn't remembered that. And that first summer, he was just little. Let's see. Maybe it was the week of the summer after. He was just a, a little guy. He was yep. walking, I think. Yep. But there were some toys. I, I did the nursery during VBS, uh -huh. and there were toys that he would just grab, and he'd come down and, and sit just sit right with in front you. of me, and then we'd play. Yeah, that's fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you've seen my family for a long time yeah and likewise i'm trying to think like you have you have two kids and um i didn't have hillary uh, i wasn't her youth pastor because she was in high school by the time that was her senior year oh three was her senior year and she was uh kind of doing a lot more things with the calvary chapel kids yep and that youth group yep and um well, and I was I I was doing junior high. Yeah. Ben was in high school too, so right. I know Hillary more. Like Hillary and I've sung together a lot. She's been on worship teams with me, and yeah. and all and that kind of too. stuff. Well, Jeremy, like that was that epic. There have been like two or three, eh, maybe three or four, like eras of youth bands that I've oh, had that true. just like clicked. Like the kids were the same age, really talented, and that particular youth band. Like I would take those guys on the road tomorrow, <laughs> you know, like the, the Andrew Smith was playing That's drums right. and Jeremy's playing bass. And, um, it was just the, a really fun Joey Hall was the guitar player who like at the beginning, he, Joey was like, I I'm learning to play guitar. And like six months later, he's this virtuoso. Like he was just a natural, incredible talent. And Jeremy's one of the finest bass players I've ever played of with. Course. And, yeah. And, um, and they were writing songs together and, and Grant Smith, the little brother, you know, yeah. Grant Smith was, was playing keyboards and uh, who was singing with that? Oh, like Kathy Hong was mm -hmm. singing at Roy and Kent was singing. Like that was such that a neat, was amazing, a, a really Come neat on. group of kids and really talented. Like when I'm sitting there, like, yeah, I'm leading the youth band, but every one of these kids is more talented than I am. <laughs> I just have to roll the ball out and they can, they, can, they can play the game from there. Yeah. So, um, so that's fun. You've been real connected to my kids yeah. and I've been real connected to your kids and that's a good time. So let's, let's start with the kind of your story in general. It starts in Minnesota, Minnesota. And you just tell me happy childhood. Things were pretty good. Yeah. I came from a large family. Yep. Christian parents. Yep. Uh, 
strict discipline. I was going to say strict, yeah. And uh, not a lot of loosey goosey. No. No. Uh, I was second of eight. Okay. And is you, do you have an older sister or brother? Older brother. So are you the vice mom? Yes. In the crowd, you're changing diapers and uh-huh. babysitting and yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we moved into a, a larger na- house, a larger neighborhood, um, I usually got the large families to babysit for. <laughs> I mean, they <laughs> knew that I could. That's right. Do it. <laughs> You'd show up with your chair and bullwhip, <laughs> <laughs> ready to organize a house. Yeah, one mom. Uh, laid a wooden spoon on the counter and mm. she said Taran is not afraid to use this mm. that is an incredible amount of authority <laughs> <laughs> to pass off the yes. wooden spoon I remember I you know uh, my parents are going to be guests on the podcast here coming up soon oh, and I good. just I, like of course I could talk to my parents for a hundred hours you yeah. know but um, I'm trying to figure out what stories are, are podcast worthy. But I remember one time my mom pulled out a wooden spoon to stir some spaghetti sauce. And I went, what'd I do? <laughs> like, I didn't know wooden spoons were for cooking. <laughs> I had no idea they had that secondary but function. But there is a security in knowing the boundaries. I oh, think. had no doubt at all that, yeah. that Fran Combs is, the, you know, not only the right mom for me, but one of the just most loving people in the history of the world. Yeah. So, and so um, I did respond to um, salvation. Yeah, um, as a real young kid, mm-hmm. um, went forward at a, a little meeting right there at the church, mm-hmm. and some kind of a crusade type of thing. Yeah, and I knew I was a sinner, mm-hmm. and. I, I wanted to live with Jesus in heaven someday. Yeah. And I heard enough stories about Jesus. I I knew he loved me. I loved him. And and so um, it's kind of the testimony you hope for your own kids. That's right. And as you grow and mature, your mind grows and matures. That's right. And uh, we were in churches that had youth directors and things. And I had lots of opportunities to to reinvest in my relationship to God. Yeah. In other words, take it another step. Yeah. Say yes to Christ in a fresh way. Yeah. In more mature mm-hmm. ways. Um, our church was very mission oriented. Uh, uh, had yearly mission conferences and whoever we supported that was in the States at the time, they would come and mm-hmm. participate. And so when I, you're a kid, I really, is, did. I really responded to that call too. To the call of going. Yeah, going. Yep. That and I do think when you're a kid and a missionary comes, especially from far away, and they bring props and whatever, <laughs> it just opens up your world in a way. And you know, I don't know if if you know dinosaurs like us pre-internet, right? Like seeing somebody who had been to Africa. Yeah. Or to South America or to, you know, Asia was pretty special. Like we didn't mm-hmm. we weren't pulling up images from all over the world. Yeah. Um, at a you know, you had your nightly news that maybe had a two minute section on international stuff. And that mostly meant Europe. And so I remember like missionaries coming and telling stories and going and showing slides. I yeah, mean, that's slides. Yeah, man. Ended in a sunset every time. <laughs> <laughs> but. But they, they showed us mm-hmm. that God's love went all over the world, yeah, uh, right. no matter what color they were, what other, whatever religion they had already followed, whatever mm-hmm. their situation was. Uh, God loved them, yeah, and He wanted us to share that love. And you remember that being inspiring, even yes. as a child. Yes, um, I, I was, you know, going to be a. A missionary, and then as I got older, I thought, well, I think maybe I'd like to marry a missionary. Mm. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to go all by myself. <laughs> yeah, well, that's yeah, that's right. That that is um, when people are trying to figure out a sense of call. Mm-hmm. Like family situation has a lot to do with that. Yeah. Yep, and not a not a missionary exactly, at least in the traditional sense, but but marrying a naval officer provides you with a lot of travel and getting to be influenced yeah. all over the place and all that stuff. 
We went to Guam and back. Uh-huh. And that's about all the, the international thing we did. Is that the only international? Mm-hmm. And that, that's a Did he territory. deploy before you? Yes. He, yeah. he was out twice on long deployments before uh-huh. we met. Yeah. He was a helicopter pilot. Yeah, man. Yeah. Those are the, that's the coolest. And my dad was a pilot during World War II, so. Was he really? Yeah. He, well, we have to, that's Pat's specialty is a loving plane. So what plane did your dad fly? Corsair. Really? Is that right? Where's your microphone, Pat? What's going on here? Uh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, Pat, Pat has self-ejected. We love you, man. <laughs> Join the conversation. So, um, so long line of pilots in your family, and yeah, actually, um, all three of us girls in the family uh-huh. married pilots. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Huh. Marry somebody a little, a little bit like Pop. That happens. Yeah, it does. It it's happens. a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. So uh, in Minnesota, grown up, grown up in church. The other thing I really know about you is the, how to, well, music. Yes. And then like, I, I don't even know the right term, handicrafts, like your. Handicrafts. Is that, what, is that what you call the general category of quilting and costume making and sewing and yeah, like handmade. Handmade stuff. Homemade. I, I'm not, I'm not like Tiffany. I don't do the crafty things, artistic mm-hmm. stuff. I did have an art education degree. Oh. And that's why I taught art for a while at Calvary Chapel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't I didn't go into those um, kinds of arts because I love fabric. I mm. love sewing. Yeah. Sewed for myself uh, for a long, long time and clothing for myself. Yep. And now I'm into quilting pretty did, deeply. Did you make the kids... Um, Halloween costumes growing uh, up, of course. Yeah, my mom made all of our Halloween costumes coming up too. Do you have Do you have any that um, you course. are proud of, more <laughs> proud of, or that were funnier, sillier, um, funner? I made Jeremy uh, uh, Star Trek. <laughs> I think it was a Star Trek. He reminds me a little of Spock. I could see. <laughs> Wasn't Spock? <laughs> maybe he's. I don't know. Maybe he's the Doctor. And I don't he know was. He I also did a. Uh, what is fencing? It's a foil, but I did the the screen mask. Oh no the, way! And the padded vest thing. Yeah. In white. Yeah. Gosh, what I, don't know. I remember like wanting to be kind of whatever we were talking about in history class. Hmm. Like I, I was a Viking one year, and my mom had big foam horns <laughs> on a helmet for me, and I was a clown for several years. Like yeah. when I was little. Well, I, I did make things for, I made a clown outfit for Hillary when she was a toddler that Jeremy also used, mm-hmm. but um, we actually moved to Guam around Halloween, and I did a costume for Hillary that was um, um, Dorothy from oh, Wizard yeah. of Oz, cool. and then Jeremy was a... Um, he was Scarecrow, that, I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. the... the Right, the, of, the the Wizard of Oz one, not the Batman bad yeah, guy. Yeah, right. One. The, yeah. the straw coming out right. of a funny yeah. little hat. Yeah, yeah, I did some. That's of those. fun. And those aren't those sweet fun memories. I remember like mom taking me to the fabric store and like picking out a costume. You that? Yeah, I tell you, like my mom is has similar gifts, you know, mm-hmm. and is was made a lot of stuff as I was growing up, and. I do not have that gift. In fact, I would walk, I remember, I wonder if your kids have this memory. I would walk into the fabric store with my mom and I would feel like all the oxygen left. I would just be like exhausted. <laughs> we, we always talk about this. It's like, it's how Tiffany feels walking into a guitar center, you know, where I feel like, wow, I could be here all day. And she's going, oh my gosh, he could be here all day. Well, they didn't have that fun experience no? of going shopping. Okay. okay. Quilt stores. Really. No. <laughs> It's not too late. <laughs> Maybe that's for the grandkids. But I do make quilts for them. I mean, yeah, they have things that I've made. Of course, I made yeah. A, I made a quilt for Grace already. Oh, how neat! Yeah. So, Minnesota, growing up, high school was highlights of high school. You were doing the big family thing, babysitting a lot, and uh, I participated in the theater productions at high school and college, and in a behind-the-scenes kind of way. Yeah, techie. Techie. We're so making costumes. Costumes. Sets a little. 
Well, when I later on, when I was in Lambs Players in San Diego, we sort of did everything. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I didn't go on the eaves and hang lights, but I did a lot of other things: house manage, uh, ticket sales, yeah, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah, small production companies are all hands on deck. I remember even like there was a Shakespeare festival in Garden Grove where I grew up, and you would you'd like have the guy take your ticket, and then you'd see him on stage, on stage. <laughs> you know, in the that's second act or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those small companies. That's that's fun though. Yeah, we so, also traveled um, with uh, production. Oh, we did street theater. Mm-hmm. Those in the dark ages. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of things were happening on college campus campuses in mm-hmm. the, the quadrangle, more or less. Mm-hmm. And uh, the director, that the man who started Lambs Flares, saw um, a Marxist group doing street theater okay with their can you back us up and introduce lambs players to oh, us lambs players. so you in college love for theater grows making costumes and you and then you you spent a year because we've talked before you spent a year or so at a christian camp mm-hmm. after college and mm-hmm. so there's like some ministry stuff going mm-hmm. on and there's this stuff and then you end up in san diego and maybe you can tell that story in a minute but you yeah. end up in san diego and then and then what's Lambs Players? Lambs Players is a Christian performing arts company. Uh, in the early days, we had street theater uh-huh. troupe, which uh, traveled to campuses and performed morality plays. More or oh. less. One was Hark the Ark. Okay. Um, and then we also had a mime troupe. Okay. Mime was kind of popular back then. Okay. <laughs> and puppets. Yeah. A puppet troupe. Uh we had some for college kids mostly yeah okay but as we grew and expanded we had some church ministry groups that Mm -hmm. had um written some interactive things for those kinds of situations and then we also had a resident stage we bought uh i think it was it was a church building but we made it into a theater and uh, it was theater in the round. Oh, cool! Yeah, Melody Land. Did you ever go to Melody Land? No. Melody Land was a, a church in Orange County that the whole thing was in the round. Oh. And there were a lot of concerts there, and uh-huh. yeah. This was a pretty small stage. It was just a ninety-nine. Oh, cool seat. Yeah. Little place. Yeah. And so I did costumes the whole time, throughout that time, and then. Um, then I met Les. What a neat example of, uh, you know, there might be somebody out there who says, you know, theater, actually theater is kind of a worldly thing. Like yes. a lot of plays are pretty body. Mm-hmm. Uh, the culture is not necessarily Christ oriented to say it's the least. It's getting worse and worse. Not, it's, it might not be getting better. Um, <clears throat> but so here you are with a passion for that mm-hmm. and then God finds a way to use that in some pretty significant ministry to yeah impact a lot of people yeah that's it was, fun. it was a faith ministry we raised support mm-hmm. to do that mm-hmm. so it was a lot of pot pies and cheapy <laughs> stuff and just lot, put gas in the car a lot of snickerdoodles <laughs> being sold in the name of Jesus no. so how do you get from Minnesota to San Diego I mean all due respect to Minnesota I can see the draw <laughs> <laughs> well, the draw was the theater, actually. I mean, okay. the, the draw was Lamb's Players. Oh, cool. I had a roommate. We shared a house, and she had graduated from Bethel College, and she knew the group that went from Bethel College to San Diego mm-hmm. because the, the director had seen this street theater group that was preaching Marxism, mm-hmm. and he said, if they can do that from Marx, I can do that for Jesus. Amen. But Minnesota, you can't perform outside very long. Very much in the year. For, you know? two, for two weeks in May. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't summer a nice day this year? <laughs> Let's not skip over that. That was hilarious. Wasn't <laughs> summer a nice day this year? <laughs> so, he chose San Diego. Yeah, that makes sense. Where the Navy is. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So this might connect us with a certain handsome naval officer <laughs> named Les Carr. And it's um, it's God's work. Yeah. Uh, like I, 
I mentioned uh-huh. to you before, I really identify with Hannah huh. and the fact that um, God uh, held off giving me hmm. husband and family. I was 35 when I got married. And was that, was there a yearning in you yes. that whole time? Yeah. Hmm. I knew I, I knew I was kind of built for motherhood. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was anxious for that, but. Like in Hannah's situation, the culture at the time mm-hmm. that I was having angst over it, mm. um, women my age were choosing to be single mothers by artificial mm. insemination. Oh, wow. It was a very popular, uh-huh. acceptable thing. Yeah. Um, but I wanted my kids to have a dad. Yeah. Um, and I, I was waiting on the Lord, mm-hmm. like Hannah was, mm-hmm. crying out to the Lord. And Raul Reese was a preacher on the radio, yeah, man. and I was listening to him as I was driving around town, going from thrift shop to thrift shop, for mm-hmm. <laughs> looking for stuff. And he he preached on that, and mm. I remember sitting in a parking lot just to hear the rest of the mm-hmm. sermon. And um, when Eli, Eli says to her, "God has heard your prayer," mm. it was like he was saying that to me, mm. and. Um, one or two Sundays after that, I was going to church, and my friend and her little family were getting out of the car about the same time. And mm-hmm. her little boy said, "Where's your husband?" And I said, "You said shut I up, don't kid. Have, <laughs> I don't have one. <laughs> yeah, I don't have one. Yeah." And he he said, "You will." Huh? And that was like the stamp of approval in my Isn't heart. That funny that, from the from the mouth of a little yeah little kid. Oh, you will. That's okay. Hmm. You're fine. <laughs> hmm. That you know, we've never really talked about that. And isn't it like there is a map that we all think exists for what, uh, like from you know, from 18 to 35 mm-hmm. looks like? Mm-hmm. And some people, you know, I, I've talked with quite a few women who say, I know I'm supposed to want a family, I just don't. I just. I just, it's just, it's fine. It's just not in me. And they feel a lot of pressure. Like, is there something Uh wrong with me? Because I had pressure the other direction. And then here, here, there's. In the the society, uh, they were really pressuring women to be independent. Right. To be, I heard a woman say, I became the doctor my parents wanted me to marry. Think about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She said, I don't need a man. What mm-hmm. is what are the feminists talking about now? Yeah. I don't mean a man. Yeah. Men are stupid, especially white Christian yeah. men. <laughs> yeah. We acknowledge that, I think. There's <laughs> But there is some like and it, maybe these are neither one of these are great. No. But in, instead to say, Oh man, if God brings a partner into your life, then say thank you. And if God mm-hmm. gives you a single life, then say thank you and honor him either way, either way. and have have patience and mm-hmm. and that's a hard lesson man especially when you're young like it mm-hmm. makes you know married with four kids you go oh yes that makes sense people should wait on the lord and be patient but when you're going through that either way whether you don't desire a spouse and mm-hmm. you feel like the culture is pushing that on you or you really desire a spouse mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. god hasn't brought that that's a lot of pressure and mm-hmm. so just to just to learn to wait on the lord and that's how we huge. learn humility ah uh, that's that's a lesson that we all need to learn is humility. Yeah. Jesus was humble. Yeah. Jesus was a servant. Yeah. And so you need to go into a marriage and a family like you're serving one another. Yeah, that's right. And and you're a team. That's right. And that's what I found with Les. You sure did. I love Les Carr so much. And I like Les and I are very different personalities <laughs> and, and experience, but man. Just what a sweethearted, like, servant of God yeah. and incredible brain, like mm-hmm. intellect for days. Mm-hmm. And um, so you met him in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, and just real briefly tell the story of, like, there's a, there's a boat involved. <laughs> uh, God used unsaved people yeah. to bring two Christians together. Yeah, yeah. A friend from Minnesota one of the only people I really kept in touch with. Uh, she and her husband were there stationed in San Diego, and he was on a ship. And Bonnie would say, you've got to introduce some, you know, mm-hmm. her to some. And yeah. he would say, no, nobody is good enough. 
yeah. for Tarrant. Yeah. He grew up uh, the son of a pastor. Okay. And his dad died when he was a teenager and mm. went downhill from there. Mm. But he knew. Yeah. He knew. He more admired your faith. He yes. might He might have walked away from it, but he admired, he admired it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And he introduced me to uh, a Jewish fellow who was becoming more... Um, conservative, more, um, more Jewish, whatever. more religious, more orthodox. Yeah, orthodox. That's yeah, okay. the word I was searching. Yeah. <laughs> and so we were platonic friends. I got invited to a lot of things on the in the squadron and things. And mm-hmm. he kept talking about less, and said he used to be a Christian. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> But he had... um, We're getting closer. Yeah. He had started kind of coming back. Mm -hmm. There was a gal that um, he was platonic friends Mm -hmm. with, and she took him to church. And and so uh, Mitch called me a Jewish Mm -hmm. matchmaker. Mm -hmm. He said, what are you doing this this weekend? It was Memorial Day weekend, Mm -hmm. and... We weren't in deep rehearsals or anything, mm-hmm. and I had kind of some time off. He said, I'm taking so-and-so sailing, and Les Carr is mm-hmm. going to help. And I said, is she Jewish? Yes, she is Jewish. <laughs> and so I said, okay, I'll come along. That would make him feel less like an extra like person. Le- less, not like a third wheel. Yeah. Right. So I said, fine, I've met him, you know. Yeah, that's right. You can stop telling me about him. Yeah, yeah exactly. But we did, we did some other things in the... You know, sailing around group. Coronado on Memorial Day in San Diego mm-hmm. is a fairly romantic thing to do. Like, <laughs> there might be... That's not a bad first meeting. That's, that's, that's right. It's better in shoveling snow. And, yeah, that's not a bad place not to be. a bad place to be. Um, and then, finally, let Mitch just gave up and he said well don't you want her phone number <laughs> and he he got my phone number and called me had a date and yeah so pretty obvious pretty quick yeah he knew he was going to be grilled about where he stood on is that right like- this was second <laughs> date material <laughs> i um, brought the apostles creed just so we can run down some major points yeah can you please give me four to but eight his sentences testimony is sweet yeah because uh, music was so important to him. He took a guitar on deployment and um, bought a piano eventually when he got back. He had it in the BOQ for a while. It was a small baby grand. Then he bought a house and put the, put the baby, grand, baby in. grand in the house, little tiny house. Uh, Is that the piano that's still in your house? No, actually. That's, that's been an this, upgrade? It's an upgrade. Yeah. Um, and he was... It was around Christmas, uh, the year before I met him, and he was playing the Christmas carols, and yeah. the Christmas hymns, and he goes, "Why am I crying?" Mm. He was raised in not the a church. crier. No, like, well, no, he was actually. I mean, that was kind of not uh, not a not a public crier. No, not in public. Yeah, but um, he realized that there's a lot of theology in those. Yeah, and he had been raised as a Christian, but mm-hmm. being a, in sciences and and it just um, kind of turned him away from the truth. Mm-hmm. Science kind of did that to a lot of people. This has come up a few times in the podcast where there was just a season in our country where you felt like you had to pick mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. religion or science or Jesus or science. And mm-hmm. I don't. I hope it doesn't feel that way anymore. I hope we have mm-hmm. this acknowledgement now that, look, as we explore and understand better the natural world, mm-hmm we're understanding God better. Yeah. Like as you we can't deny that there is a creator. That's right. You're learning something about Stradivarius, the man as you're <laughs> playing and learning about Stradivarius, the, yeah. the instrument, you know? And so, um, yeah, I hope that that doesn't yeah. exist as much anymore, but there was a time when it yeah. felt very much like you had to pick or choose. So at the keyboard, it went from his head ah. to his heart. Isn't that amazing? That music is, is something that and that's accesses what, a different part of our brain and and that's what connected us ah uh, yeah really you are a beautiful singer thank you you are 
we've said this before, you're not an alto, you're a tenor. Yes. Which is a, a rare gift. Yeah. That's not an he instrument. You would have to transpose music uh-huh. to the key that I could sing in. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, there's not very many people who can do what you do. You have a beautiful voice. And so that was something that you shared pretty mm-hmm. quickly. So, and and then Hillary is born in San Diego. Yes. Jeremy's born up here in Monterey. Chop. And raising kids, two wonderful kids, and, and raising them. Les is working at the postgraduate school, mm-hmm. and you are... Being a mom. Being a mom and being really involved in a variety of churches before... Well, we were in the chapel system for a okay. long time. Yep. And um, no matter where we were, in Guam, we were also in the chapel. Okay. And then uh, because of the particular chaplain that was at the postgraduate school yeah. at one point um there was a group of us that had to leave Snyder's and yeah um you know yeah. several yeah. other people yep um we were the diaspora we had house church <laughs> for probably uh, oh two I years. remember that story yeah and then we got introduced to the Hongs and we joined up with them and once you meet a guy like Dave Hong you go yeah that's what Les said yeah this is yeah, a it. guy who knows the scriptures yeah. can communicate them and is a loving pastor yeah. but and you know as we went into high school on the forum it said who's your your, your church house church who's your pastor rc sproul <laughs> because we, <laughs> we saw his tapes i'm a legionnaire that's what it is but that's good yeah that so good. um let's fast forward a little bit just because i want to make time um less passed away yes three years ago Almost right? well, oh, two and a half. Two and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there was some grief and yearning before your marriage, and there's mm-hmm. been a lot of grief mm-hmm. in the last couple of years too. Yeah. And you know, I, you have like watching. There's, a, I feel honored to watch you grieve and to mm-hmm. grieve alongside you, mm-hmm. um, because you know, it really is the embodiment of if you build this house, if you dig down deep and build this house on the rock. The winds will come, but it's not going to blow you over. Right, right. Um, and it is it, that is a tragedy. You're too young to that's use a lifetime of digging deep. Yeah, that's you know, right. There's really been is. a foundation in Christ, but um, I mean, many people would uh, like you've struggled with grief and been in the depths of all of that without questioning the goodness of God. Right. I don't think I was shaken spiritually. Yeah. Uh, there are other things about grief yeah. that I've experienced, but I was not shaken spiritually. Yeah. Um, my verse, yeah, I, like if I call it up on my, it's in Psalm one nineteen. Mm. Here it is, ninety two. If your instructions hadn't sustained me with joy, huh. I would have died in my misery. Huh. I will never forget your commandments, huh. for by them. You give me life. I'm yours. Rescue me. For I have worked hard to ob- at obeying your commandments. Though the wicked hide along the way to kill me, I will quietly keep my mind on your laws. Mm. Even perfection has its limits, mm. but your commands have no limit. Wow. That's beautiful. Um, uh, not to put words in your mouth, but it, it sure sounds like that is a passage that sets joy and sorrow alongside each other exactly that it's not one or the other right the the to the human experience is mm-hmm. filled with joy and sorrow mm-hmm. and sometimes deep intense sorrow and i yeah talk about that well um i think like you like i said it's a long history of digging deep yeah because everyone has their challenges mine yeah. right now is as grief and finding what God wants to do with the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. But um, there have been other times where um, there have been other struggles. Mm. So everyone has the challenges that they have to bring bring before the Lord, Mm -hmm. lay at his feet Mm -hmm. and just say, now what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Kind of. Mm -hmm. And so um, this has just given me a platform to share with other people that have gone through similar things. That's mm-hmm. why I'm involved in grief share. Yeah. What have you learned about grieving in Christ? Like what have you learned that you couldn't know 
I'm sure there's things I could say. I'm a preacher. I can look at the Bible and go, this is what I believe to be true. But then you know something in a whole different way yeah. when you have to walk that road. Right. What are those things? Grieving as a, a Christian has a, a deeper dimension. Mm. Um, the, the verses that I read yeah. weren't given to me this time. Mm. They were given to me at another time mm. that I was struggling mm. before the Lord. Mm. So um, the truth is the same for every situation, mm. whether you're going through illness Mm-hmm. or separation or uh, even uh, in your faith if you have questions and you said I'm not supposed to doubt it's okay yeah. if, you, if you're struggling with <clears throat> stuff you wrestle with the Lord like Jacob did yeah that's right even sometimes grief sometimes grief is self-inflicted sometimes mm-hmm. you're like I'm sad because I was dumb <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and even even then to be in the Lord to continue to lean on him to not let him go. Like Fenton and I always talk about, you know, that, that Jacob wrestling with, with God and saying, Hey, I'm not going to let you go is huge. And sometimes you do walk away with a limp, Mm -hmm. you know, it, Mm -hmm. there are consequences there. And, and grief doesn't like scars are strong, Mm -hmm. but they're scars Mm -hmm. and sorrow there's a sweetness eventually, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but sorrow doesn't stop being sorrow. Right. Um, and joy doesn't stop being joy. And it's being human is mm-hmm. experiencing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, how you doing? Is it two and a half years in, easier, harder, the same? I I think it it changes. It okay. ebbs and flows. Somebody said it's like a roller coaster, oh, which okay. is true. Um. I was a little anxious about getting into a leadership position at mm-hmm. GriefShare because you ache with people. Yeah. How, you know, how can you hear everybody's story and yep. not ache for them and pray for them? Have, yes. Having a heart that is open enough to be useful, but not so soft. Uh, soft isn't the right word, but so vulnerable, vulnerable. that you get destroyed by every story. Yeah. It's hard. It, it's easy to go home just full of sadness. Mm-hmm. And it's also easy to be calloused. Finding that middle ground is hard. So you've mentioned grief share a couple of times. Mm-hmm. What is it? It is a, a grief support okay. group. It's not counseling Mm-hmm. Per se, if there's someone who really needs counseling, we can direct them that direction mm-hmm. and, and help them find mm-hmm. the right counseling. Um, it's a place where it's safe yeah. to say what you're really thinking and feeling. Yeah. Because you can't just, sometimes you could, but sometimes you feel like, I'm just going to wreck the picnic. <laughs> If somebody They're tired I, of hearing it, or if somebody just you know we're in the middle of the egg toss and somebody says how you doing and you go I'm overwhelmed with sadness right now like that's yeah or I you know I found one of Les's shoes and it made, made me cry crazy. for three days you know? <laughs> like there's places where you just go it's mm-hmm. not the perfect time mm-hmm. these people aren't ready for this mm-hmm. and they wouldn't be helpful you yeah. know um, so to have a place like that I bet is just yeah. exceedingly it is helpful. Variable. It's a national organization? Yes. So there's branches mostly yeah. at churches? Yes. Okay. Because it is very scripturally based. Okay. Are there books you go through or? There's a 13-week video okay. course. Okay. And a workbook. Uh-huh. And uh, questions to help you grapple with the issues that are presented. Mm. Do people go through it once? Do people go through it over and over? Four times like me. Okay. <laughs> this is my fourth time through it. Mm-hmm. I went with a friend uh-huh. last time because uh-huh. it was pretty scary. It's scary huh. going the first couple of times. It takes yeah. a lot of courage to walk in that door and For sure. sit down and be vulnerable. What's hard about it? Is it like I've kind of built up a tough skin and I don't really want to open it up? Or Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of scary for people. Yeah. To come in and admit that you're hurting so badly. Mm. We spend an awful lot of time 
trying to not hurt or trying mm-hmm. to keep yeah. that personal yeah. and keeping it together at work and yeah falling apart at home well and again i don't want to put words in your mouth to tell me if this is right or not but maybe having a place where you know you're going to have the opportunity to express some stuff mm-hmm. makes it where you don't break down at the bank or whatever like it makes it easier yeah. to say okay there's going to be an appropriate Place time, time and place for this and people that I know are ready to listen mm-hmm. and that's what we're doing and mm-hmm. and so it's just support if you can yeah. hear from people that are further down the road okay towards yeah. the joy that we want how oh joy we're going to talk about that how um how many people are traditionally in a group it's not unusual for it to start off large like 12 or more and um it dwindles a little bit, but sometimes it's because people are there too early. Oh, um, and and they just have to back off a while. Yeah, I just can't do this right now. Right now, but they're welcome to come back anytime. Yeah, once you got your book, there's yeah. no other fees involved. Okay, and around here, uh, it meets at Shoreline. Shoreline. Um, there's also a group in Twin Lakes, at Twin Lakes Church. Okay, and I think. Compass Church has it once a week, once a year. Okay, and we have a link to it mm-hmm. in our this week at Lighthouse email. If anybody gets that, I hear other podcasts do that. Could you put it in the notes, like a link to it in the notes of this email or of this podcast? Yeah. So we can do that if you're looking for that, or mm-hmm. if people just want to give us a call, we can pass on your information. Mm-hmm. So this is specifically for people who've lost a loved one. Yes. So it's not. It's not for. Divorce, I got or, bankrupt yeah, anything, or yeah. whatever like that. And, you know, it's uh, there's nothing. There are several places in Scripture that talk about this. Death is the great equalizer. Mm-hmm. Death is the thing mm-hmm. that we all have to deal with. And in our culture, we've gotten pretty good at keeping death over there. It's not, you know, I think if you grow up on farms and mm-hmm. it, like things are dying all the time and you, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. In like a more mm-hmm. rural environment, but we just, we, we just keep it out of, so out of the way that we're not that great at handling it or, or understanding it maybe is the yeah. better way to. Well, I, this is going to sound rather strange, I know, but in a way I was glad that Les died at home. He mm-hmm. died in his sleep. Okay. He didn't, wasn't carted off in a ambulance with yeah. tubes and yeah. I, there's so much grief and caregiving that we mm. don't acknowledge mm. the sitting by the bedside and all that uh, it's very isolating it's very very isolating and that's a form of grief in my for mind for sure oh yeah trauma like the caregiver is experiencing trauma yes. too yes yeah. it's hard to know how to help yeah, I think all many of us Christians and as churches, we would go, man, that's a really important thing, but it's hard to know how to help because caregiving does fall on the caregiver. Mm-hmm. That's it's mm-hmm. very rarely something that outside people, yeah, I think could do. Our, or... Who was was it? Fenton was talking about maybe trying to start a group, a support for yeah caregivers. for caregivers. What an important work that would be. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Right, because that is a a particular battle that unless you fought it, it's hard to explain. Yeah, and I did, I had that to a certain degree because mm-hmm. Les was ill for a long time, mm-hmm. and, and he, yet died suddenly. And died suddenly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is very meaningful. Like I say, it's uh, I feel privileged to even just talk to you about it, and yeah. because it's um. This is, how do you say that? This is not an argument about doctrine. No. This is, does this stuff actually work? Mm -hmm. Is Jesus alive? Mm -hmm. Um, Is his word true? Is his word true? Because it is or it isn't. Yeah. There's no arguing about, well, maybe a little. Could you talk about, um, okay, so there's some version of hope in heaven that feels very trite <laughs> and well, it's all okay. Don't worry about it. Cause he's in heaven. He's in a better place yeah. and it's all going to be fixed. Right. Which 
while there's some truth in it, it feels under, uh, um, I don't know. It feels trite mm-hmm. or not, not mature, a mature version of that. Right. At the same time. It's true. Is there hope in heaven? Yeah. yeah. But there's hope here too. Okay. Come and on I, now. And Take I your think, time, preacher. <laughs> I, I think that's, that's the goal of grief share is to get to joy. And, and like I've said before, the, uh, there are so many things that God has given me since Les has passed that okay. have given me joy. Yeah. Um, uh, Les saw both kids married. Yeah. He saw his first grandson. Yeah. I mean, um, that's a blessing to me. That's right. It's, it's uh, something that I can look to God and say, the timing was right. Yeah. You you know, you saved that mm. for just the right time. And mm. and so uh, that is part of my joy. My joy is grandkids. Yeah. You have a few of those, do you? I do. Yeah. And uh, Go ahead and name check them. They'll hear this podcast in 15 years. They want to <laughs> Matthew. Hey, Maddie. And Evelyn. Evelyn. Those are Hillary and Aaron's uh-huh. kids. And... Uh, they're just really sweet. I wish yeah. they were around me more, or I was around them more. Yeah, yeah. And um, then, of course, Grace and Jeremy are just yeah. getting started. Yeah. But I appreciate them so much. Yeah. Uh, Grace is wonderful. Aaron is great. I love them like those my are your, kids. Right. Those are your uh, in-laws isn't the right word, but I guess it is. Yeah. Well, you're, you're <laughs> I'm the, Right. Your son-in-law and daughter-in-law. Yeah. 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 And both of their families have included me in so many things, mm. uh, holidays and mm. celebrations, and mm. it, I just feel like I'm included and yeah. accepted and ah, how fun. everything that uh, you would ever hope for family to be. And uh, uh, Believers? The, yes, believers. Um, to actually, have your kids walking with the Lord having spouses who are walking with the Lord and grandparents, the kids will have grandparents. Yeah. Grandparents who will encourage them in the Lord. That's a, that's a blessing. It is a big blessing. Yeah. Raising Christian families. Yeah. So, yeah. So joy. Yeah. Joy is around you. If you just accept it, Mm -hmm. Uh, there's joy in the sunrises. I have sunrises from my kitchen window. Yeah. Uh, There are so many, little things that God does for me of answers to prayer and uh, just just funky little silly things that mm-hmm. I can say oh must be Jesus saying yeah <laughs> you know like so okay so there were some people in my church growing up and I have I have an aunt that I love dearly but that just they'd get a parking spot at the mall and they'd be like praise the lord and what and when i was a kid i remember just really rebelling against that being like god does not care if you have to walk too far he at knows the every mall. hair on your yeah. head but <laughs> but the older i get the more i go god's a loving father who knows how to give good gifts so i don't know i don't know if we have to overthink this but it is good to say thank you for stuff that is just all that yeah those small things those, i mean a special treat for me is a BLT. I make myself well, at lunchtime. And I said, yeah. oh, this is so fun. So, see, Thank I think you, Jesus. I think that there is a depth to that kind of Thanksgiving where you say, no, everything I do, I receive. Mm-hmm. And good and bad, mm-hmm. I receive. It's not that there's not earthly reasons for it. Mm-hmm. I know I made this sandwich. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not thinking that it's Jesus made the treat. sandwich and <laughs> left it for me. Um, at the same time, this is all a gift. Mm-hmm. It is all a gift. The whole thing yeah. Yeah. is a gift. And it's appropriate to live with yeah. that kind of gratitude. Right. That produces joy. Yeah. And speaking of gifts, uh, yeah. my, my latest little thing that God has been putting on my heart. Um, I have a beautiful home, mm. beautiful view, mm. but it needs attention. It needs mm-hmm. updating. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about the parable when the master gave money mm-hmm. to three servants. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and two of them invested. One mm -hmm. invested and got a lot. Uh -huh. The middle one did pretty well. Pretty good, yeah. And one guy buried it because mm -hmm. he said, I know you're kind of a strict master. Yeah, and, I was you afraid. Know, I'm afraid. Yeah. I don't want to be the one that buries it. Yeah. And so I look at the gift of that house and that mm -hmm. property as something I can reinvest in mm -hmm. and make it better. Yeah. And honor the Lord by what I do yeah. with that, yeah. pro the projects that need to get done. And yeah. I don't want to be the guy that buries it. Well, because there's nothing that's common. Like we have this idea of like these are the spiritual parts of my life and these are the, you know, common or profane or whatever parts of my life. But it's all, it's all a gift. Yeah. All of it. There's nothing that's yeah. not holy. Right. Um, if you set it apart. For Christ. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, you're an impressive, impressive woman, Taran. Um, I've heard you say stuff about like Les's legacy in your family. Yeah. You want to talk about that a little bit? Well, it's something that I'm going to be trying to do um, because I don't, I want the kids yeah. to know their grandfather. Yeah. More or less. Worth knowing. And I really, I'm really praying about how to do something with his music. Ah. The music he's written, the music yeah. he's arranged. Yeah. Um, and there are other things about him that I want to write down and preserve so that they know what kind of a man he was. And I think... Or is, I should say. He's and you still... Know, <laughs> yeah. And I think they, they learned so much about him from from Hillary and Jeremy. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of... There's a lot of you and Jeremy. There's a lot of his dad in him, too. Mm -hmm. And... And yeah, they're um, the same. I mean, yeah, they are definitely a combination. Yeah, of us. And there's that mark, you know. You even think way back when you were like, "Man, I'd really like a family, but I would like my kids to have a dad." Well, it's to have a a man like Les Raja. Mm -hmm. That that's 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 what why that's important yeah. is to have a and a strong example people. of yeah. of someone who's willing to follow mm -hmm. God and. Use his talents mm -hmm. because we were a music team a lot. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the fun things at Peninsula Bible Fellowship. It was the the Car Family Worship. <laughs> Car Family Singers. Yeah, that's right. That's a cool gift. You know, I'm jealous of that because although I've I've participated in music my whole adult life, I'm not any good at it. And I always say, like, people have told me I'm a good guitar player, but no guitar player has ever told me I'm a good guitar player. <laughs> <laughs> but the you rest of my family, yeah, I am faking it all the time, but the rest of my family have these gorgeous voices and beautiful instruments, and I'm just hacking around in punk rock bands and stuff. So You just love it. I just love it. That's what it is. I just like it. That's right. Um, so, yeah, that that's neat that you guys all had those musical gifts that blended together super well, and yeah. those are neat memories, I bet. Yes. Just singing with the kids. And I do have... Um... I don't know if we recorded it, but I, Hillary and I have done duets. Oh, fun, yeah. yeah. Jeremy and I have done duets. Oh, uh -huh. yeah. Those are those have been some of my funnest times with a guitar in my hand. Well, that's good. Well, what's coming up next in the big world of quilting? <laughs> you Get, really want to know? Sure. <laughs> yeah, man. We got microphones rolling and everything. I mean, we don't have a whole nother hour, but tell me what's going on. <laughs> I the quilting extravaganzas <laughs> in my life are centered around the Monterey Peninsula Quilters Group. Are we talking about three people or are we talking about how many people are we talking about in this in guild? In the guild? Yeah. Uh, 150 maybe. 150 quilters. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. That's the tip of, of the quilting iceberg. <laughs> you know, the thing about a quilt is there is love yes. in that quilt. You could go buy a blanket whatever i know but you're gonna that blanket's gonna get ratty you're gonna throw it out you are not throwing away one of a your quilt. children has yeah a quilt that i made her yes oh for sure they're precious and the thing is that people don't really appreciate yeah just generally speaking right uh the work and the, the effort that goes into a quilt and how there's materials costs sure all retail prices and time. And uh, I had a quilt that I made that was, uh, I gave it to a, like a 
opportunity quilt and a, a bigger raffle. Uh-huh. I think we were raising money for Calvary Chapel okay. <laughs> School, <laughs> high school. Yeah. And uh, here was this quilt that I'd made. I'd spent a lot of time on it, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. I think I might have even quilted it by hand. And it only went for $15. Yeah. I said, if people don't appreciate it, I'd rather give it as a gift. For sure. And that's, God is like that. Yeah. He says, you don't appreciate. You can't afford it. You can't afford. Yeah. You, there's you no money that could that's pay right. for. There's not enough. You don't have enough to buy this. You can't earn your salvation. Come on now. There's just too expensive for my son to die on the cross. It cost me too much. That's right. I'd rather just give it Stop to you Stop trying as a to gift. earn it and say thank you. Yes. Woo! I did not know that we were going to go from quilts to the very heart of the gospel so quickly. It's pretty good. That's it's good parables. stuff. Parables. Yeah. You know the thing about, you know the thing I like, uh, parables, that's right. You know the thing I, I love about anything like quilting, not that I am a quilter by any stretch, but we just don't have hobbies that give us time to think. Hmm. You know what I'm talking about? There's no... Mm-hmm whittling on the porch anymore no. the, or ironing it, shirts everything is <laughs> oh gosh thank god for that i had a friend who challenged me she said when she was ironing clothes for her kids back in the days when everybody right, ironed right that she would pray for that person as they yeah. she ironed that piece yeah. of clothing and i said what a special thing for a mom to do to when we ripped the house i would go out there and sweep you know what construction is yeah. like and I would sweep the kids' bedrooms and pray for them as yeah. I swept up yeah. the junk that the yeah. construction people left behind. And I prayed for every room in that house. Nothing over goes to waste. Yeah, nothing goes to waste. And just we need time. I, I tell students this a lot. You need time to think. Mm-hmm. Like your brain, and especially if you're tuned in to the Lord, you have an, an incredible ability to work stuff out. Turn off the to, phone. To de-stress. <laughs> To overcome pressure, if you'll just take some time to think and mm-hmm. to do something like quilting, where mm-hmm. you're active, but there's a piece in it. You mm-hmm. you have time to mm-hmm. think about life and process stuff. That's super and, healthy. And painting, like your grandmother did. That's right. Yep, the arts are really important. Mm-hmm. We have neglected how important the arts are to just health. Yeah, and when. I was graduating from college with an art education degree. Mm-hmm. Schools were cutting back on funds because school populations were going down, I guess. Yeah. And what do they cut out first? Art. Sure. Art, music. music. That's right. Not sports. That's right. Well, Sports are good. Yeah. But so are the arts. They are. That's right. Yeah, people, I don't know if it's people don't buy tickets to see painters. Or, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't put painters in a in a shirt that has the school name on it and send them out as an advertisement. I don't know. I don't know what that is, but it is like the arts are, are typically when you see the arts, they're public, but it's a quiet life to be an artist. Yeah. It's a personal life, a a private life to create stuff Mm -hmm. that doesn't happen by committee very often. That happens in a living room while you're praying. Cause you have to, that's right. Like your grandmother said, you have to, paint you, you have, have to quilt a painter has to paint That's i right. know when i haven't touched fabric for a while i get <gasps> kind yeah of, you know, yeah and i say oh i haven't quilted for a while yeah almost if i'm sitting at my house i almost always have a guitar in my hands mm-hmm. and i'm a you know it's i'm not writing the next great american rock anthem i'm just mm-hmm. finger picking and pulling out little melodies and writing music just spending time you know it's super important well, Tran, thank you very much for coming in. Thank you, Grant. Yeah, it is excellent. Have we covered it all? Do we do it? I think so. Okay, great. Well, then uh, Lighthouse, uh, next time you see Tran, give her a high five. And if you have any questions about Grief Share, if this is something that maybe, and you know what you have said to me before, it doesn't have to be a fresh wound. If this, no. If you have been struggling with the loss of somebody, the loss of a child a brother a brother from growing up brother or sister Mm -hmm. from growing up a grandparent from when you're young whatever that is still just taking up more than its fair share in your brain and that you are reliving this grief over and over or you might have stuffed it for a long time that's right and just realized that you hadn't dealt that's right correctly 
yes. with that law. This is a great resource. Taran will invite you and tell you, where, hand, tell you where to park. Dog. That's right. That's right. And you might even get a quilt out of the deal. Um, I don't think you should promise anything. <laughs> so if you need some information about Grief Share, you can get a hold of us. Pat will put a link in the notes of the podcast. It's on the weekly email that mm -hmm. we send out. So no excuse to not reach out. We would love to point you in the right direction. I think that's really important work. I think so, too. Taran, I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Yeah. yeah. All right, Lighthouse, have yourself a great week. 